1: First Monday edition of the PFF Forecast, that's because it is Super Bowl week, it's Media Day. We've got the normal Sunday night crew ready to rock. We're going to talk about the injury updates from Media Day, what we've learned, a little bit about where things are heading with uh, the game in terms of um, lines are at, total spread, uh, where some of the money is coming in, if we're making anything out of that, and then our favorite angles uh, for this, uh, this game thus far. And as promised in depth research on the most important prop in the history of all props. It is the national anthem. Let's rock. I look like a complete idiot in glasses and a hat, but I had to wear the hat. I could not wear the hat. I don't know if you can tell. If you're not watching this, um, you should go check out the YouTube because I'm sporting the first uh, first ever printing press merch. Um, it is a, a, a hat with nothing but a printer on it. A little PFF logo on there. <laughs> um, can't attest that, that they work. They're real. Um, we've got a few that we've given away thus far in the, Printing Press Discord, if you have not joined yet, there's still plenty of time. People in there are already on to like draft props. It's just absolutely amazing what the the printing press is all about. Um, and uh, so go and get in there and get yourself a hat. Arjun, we've been talking about some updates to some of the merch uh, I think that you're pretty excited about. We've got a hat coming Coming out to Michigan, uh, we'll get one out to Chicago, and then out to, uh, where, where, Ben, wherever you are, because you're just a traveling man. You know, we can't, uh, we can't pin you down. Uh, yeah, I'm a rambling man, I
0: guess. I don't know where I am either most of the time, thankfully, but it's, it's not pretty. It's not Ann Arbor. It's not Chicago either, unfortunately, or, or New York. So. It's
1: not New Orleans either. So. It's not really <laughs> New Orleans. Uh, ben was supposed to be in New Orleans this week. Um for the uh, the Tulane, um, uh, what what is the actual name of it, Brad? I was going to say Tulane like Pro Football negotiation. negotiation Competition. That's oh, yeah. what it is, Pro Football Negotiation Competition. Can't say NFL because you know then you get sued by uh, by by Goodell. Um, and Arjun, Probably. you and Tej actually were the uh, the first ever undergrad um, uh, combo to be in the tournament. Uh, I heard that there was a script that was released brad can you uh that didn't favor you arjun unfortunately
2: yeah i got the script early uh you know aaron foster obviously exposed all the the you know the conspiracies going on that is part of it that's folded into it and uh you know i knew arjun was going to come up short but i was hey no one loses in a weekend in new orleans that's the best part about it (laughs) and you're and even though you guys are undergrads
1: you're 21 now so you could you know um which it. totally matters in New Orleans. They totally yeah. check your ID at every bar.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but you are, they actually are 21. So. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> um, all righty. Let's, uh, let's start here. The, today is, is Monday. Um, we're changing our schedule up a little bit um, so that we can just be a little more uh, in the know. Um, Sunday night didn't feel like the right night to, to talk about things. So we're going to get some information today from Media Day. And so, Brad, let's start with you. Um, we do see uh, players kind of for the first time coming out of hiding today um, after the, the week, uh, the dead week. Um, what did we learn?
2: Yeah, so a couple of big updates, I, I think, right off the bat. Legarius Sneed, the slot cornerback for the Kansas City Chiefs, will be playing in this game. Uh, you are going to see no Mikko Hardman in this game, but you will see Kadarius Toney. And then one that I think has a contrarian angle, uh, Claude Edwards-Hilaire, was activated off of IR, and I think that might have a uh, an effect on McKinnon and Pacheco props. And folks, when when Ceh was healthy, he was still doing nothing. So um, he will play, or he will he will suit up, I should say. Um, but but I don't think it's gonna you know I think the effect there might be actually helpful to some of the bets that we like going into this game without Ceh on the roster.
1: Absolutely incredible. Um, the Jerry Sneed, he was um, questionable with a concussion, so he's good to go. Um, he has been really good this year, 78.4 PFF grade, seventh most valuable cornerback uh, in the league, according to, to PFF. Four, um, Kadarius Tony, an interesting um, you know player in this game. We thought he was going to be one of the players they would leverage uh, against the Niners. He obviously got hurt early in that game, and then Juju, seemingly a guy that that Pat has confidence in. Um but obviously got injured there and, and he ended up going to Mikko, uh sorry, to MBS. So it, uh, it just it just doesn't matter for Pat. Um, and then uh, Mi Hogman, as you mentioned is out. Arjun, anything that changes your mind, you know one way or another, or kind of uh, there's an angle that you see with one of these players that you like?
3: Yeah, um, I, I was waiting for some of the chief's players, uh, player props to come out, um, especially at the receiver position with, Tony and Juju, I, I do think this is this will be somewhat of a big Juju game. Um, him being in the slot, that's kind of where the Eagles are weak with, weakest. Avanti Maddox is their weakest corner. Um, Eagles love to play a ton of zone, and I think Juju is more of their zone beater guy instead of their man beater guy. I believe his line opened at like 32 and a half, I want to say, mm-hmm. or is, and that instantly got bet up to like 37 and a half. I think I got it somewhere in the middle at like 35, 36 and a half. Um, that's definitely one angle. I'm looking to get at just the juju props because I think uh, Eagles are going to dedicate a lot of their resources to stopping Kelsey and with how much man they play, it's going to be juju kind of sitting in those hook hook zones where uh, Pat's going to have to find him on some of those curl routes, crossing routes. So uh, I definitely like some of the juju props now that uh, he's been, you know, kind of, it's, it's been kind of said that he's going to be playing in this game.
1: What, What do you prefer receptions? Um, yards any alt lines like how how are you thinking about playing those
3: yeah i i definitely like his receptions more than his receiving yards three and a half i mean you only need four catches and that's something where i think especially if the uh the eagles pass rush is as good as it's been all year um i definitely think we'll we'll see a lot of like quicker throws to to juju and um i that's i kind of like the three and a half more than like him having to get over 38, 39, or 37 and a half. So I think four catches is easily doable. And if they're playing from behind, I think you'll easily get that. Ben, what about you?
0: I mean, okay. So I will say with the Juju angle, I mean, obviously, um, I think we're all in agreement that the the Chiefs very much have to find somebody outside of uh, of Travis Kelsey, I would say, to actually – be able to you know sustain some drives because I do think he's going to get doubled. I do think he's going to get bracketed. And I do think that there's not going to be a ton of opportunities on the outside for any Chiefs pass catcher. So I do think like what they do in the slot is going to be really interesting. To me, I think they got to move past Juju. I, I mean, he hasn't been involved really whatsoever. I don't think he's gone over his receptions or his receiving yardage number since Kadarius Tony has been in the fold. I know his receiving yardage number has, you know, Gone up from the opening of 32 and a half, but this was still a number that was at 48 and a half last week, so he's still 10 yards short than shorter than where he was last week. But he just hasn't been involved right? Like, and I know that, like, the Avante Maddox matchup is very much the spot that the Chiefs need to take advantage of. But if I'm Andy Reid and I have two weeks, you know, a time frame to kind of scheme up some of these approaches, especially on their you know, scripted pass player, scripted play set, like Juju's not going to be the guy that I'm going to be targeted. I do think if you have a healthy Kadarius Tony, like. Maybe bringing him up a little bit, maybe he is playing closer to, you know, 40 to 50 percent of the snaps as opposed to 30 percent. Maybe he is, you know, a little bit more, de- uh, you know, involved early on because he's very much the guy, I would say, outside of Travis Kelsey and outside of, you know, the running backs that I-, I think you want to kind of get the ball in his hands early and see if he can make a couple plays after the catch, especially if Patrick Mahomes is going to be you know, I would say limited to the point where he's not really moving around the pocket as well as we, he he was previously before the ankle injury. So I know the the Juju bandwagon is kind of, I would say uh, getting hyped up already because of the slot matchup, but uh, I very much would be surprised if he runs, you know, over 30% of his routes from the slot. uh, And if he doesn't hit like a higher number of slot routes, like I just don't see him winning too often against James Bradbury or Darius Slay. So uh, I don't really have a strong play on Juju, but uh, I don't think I'm at all confident enough to play anything on his over, I would say.
1: What about the the quarterbacks, Brad? Because um, I've been, you know, it's it's a couple of weeks and, you know, you kind of forget about both quarterbacks and, and their injuries. Um, talking to a doctor, we may actually have an opportunity to have a segment with him later in in the week this week to get um, something more than what I can share um, but uh, you know what Jalen Hurts was dealing with is something that that generally takes a minimum uh, of six weeks to heal it's more serious than than a shoulder separation so you know that would kind of lead you to believe he's still not going to be healed yet and of course Mahomes I don't think anyone expects his ankle to be 100% any insight there you know as as far as the quarterbacks go
2: yeah, so uh, like we talked about, I, I was saying how I think uh, Mahomes would be the healthier of the two quarterbacks in this game. We talked about, you know, A.J. Brown, he missed him deep on a deep ball, but then he also underthrew Quez Watkins one time, underthrew Devontae Smith, uh, and mm-hmm. allowed a pass breakup from I want to say Charverius Ward on the outside that could have been a big gainer. Uh, I think it's one of those things, and Hurts himself has said, like, I'm not going to be healthy for this game. I've accepted that. I have to do what I can do and work through it. But I think it's almost like a Josh Allen thing with his elbow, a different injury, but – You can play with it, you can manage it, but at the end of the day, you're not gonna be as sharp and as accurate as you are. And and I'll tie this in, you know, now with two of my favorite plays, maybe in this entire game. Um, one of them is Pat there's a lot of head-to-head props I really like. Um, and and these are two of them. So one is Patrick Mahomes minus a half touchdown pass, not touchdown, touchdown pass, minus a half is minus one ten. Patrick Mahomes had more touchdown passes this season than Jalen Hurts has in his career, first of all. So I know it's a, you know, a flashy number, but that, I mean, that's the case. So, um, you, you know, he had 45 this year. Hurts had 24. Yes, Hurts did miss some time. Um, but nevertheless, I mean, I think game skip regardless, you're going to see when the Chiefs get in the red area, they're still going to throw the ball, whereas the Eagles, as we've seen, we're going to have some more design runs. They're going to pound the rock against this Chiefs' susceptible run defense. Um, you know, I think even if the Eagles do have a great game, or even if they are coming from behind, if they get close and it's not an explosive, which there probably should be a couple to AJ Brown and Devontae Smith, um, they're still going to go back to their bread and butter in the red zone. So I like that one. Or if you like a different angle, Patrick Mahomes minus 45 and a half passing yards is minus 120. This one in some ways I almost like more because I think regardless of games, look, if he's, if the Chiefs are down, it's a block. Even if they're up in this game or up early. I don't think they're going to fully take their foot off the gas. I think Andy Reid has been in these positions too long to know that he's not going to just let up and not you know, continue to throw the ball. So uh, I think those head-to-heads are very, very enticing. And I'll get to one more head-to-head later. But those, there's a lot of interesting – I'm not sure I agree with a lot of the head-to-head props that I've seen so far out there.
1: Yeah, those are both interesting. You know, getting into a little bit of what we've seen thus far. So um, right now the Eagles are still the favorite, minus one and a half. Minus 124 uh, on the money line over, under the total is at 50 and a half here. There might be a little bit of difference between the different uh, books. If you, uh, if you shop around a little bit, for example, on FanDuel, it's 50 and a half over is minus 115, the under uh, minus 105, it's minus 110 to both sides on the spread. And it seems to be the case. uh, And I've talked to a few people out there um, over the course of the last week that Pretty much every sizable bet has come in uh, on the Eagles thus far. And, and talking to to someone that um, you know kind of sees this happen on on a day to day basis uh, at, at the sports books, um, you know, it, we're sort of hypothesizing why that might be. And I, I'm curious what what your guys' uh, thought is there. What I was sort of thinking about was when people are placing a bet. Now remember, it's just one and a half, so you're kind of Getting one and a half points in either direction, it's, it's not really that meaningful. So you're kind of sitting there and you're thinking, OK, well, who's going who's got a better chance of kind of dominating this game? I think when you look at it, you can see a pathway to the Eagles you know, winning by two plus scores. Right. The, the physical dominance uh, at the line of scrimmage, um, the you know, way that they've dominated their opponents thus far. They're totally healthy. And I've got to think that's contributing to um, a lot of these early bets that we're seeing on the Eagles you guys buy that is this at all meaningful you know to you guys how are you sort of reading what we've seen from an action perspective thus far on the game
2: I would jump in real quick and I'm sure Ben has more on this just very quickly I've had a conversation one not did not pertain to this game or in this this year but talking about how you know be wary of early week action when maybe limits are a little bit shorter and, and then the, these sharps or whatever you want to call these people um you know maybe better it's not going to cross a key number or anything so it's not really relevant here but and then they bet against their own action and maybe you know get over a key number or just you know think they get good value in betting a you know a kind of built-in mini hedge but anyway that's just one thought I had
0: yeah I, I do think specifically like with limits and the Super Bowl it's a little bit um you know further off I would say or you know like I, like, I think we've had pretty high limits for the majority of time since the numbers kind of initially opened so I do think that the the line movement in the Eagles direction is very much valid but like I keep going back to it and I do agree with you George like like this seems very much like a spot where the Eagles are either going to win by two touchdowns or the Chiefs win a close game right and there's like very few ideas or approaches or narratives that are really going to play into the Chiefs kind of blowing the doors off the Eagles right like even if Jalen Hurts has like a bottom bottom 40 bottom 30 percentile outcome like there's still paths to them being successful rushing the football and and not necessarily like you know really controlling the game but still very much being uh, I would say relevant with the possession to potentially like you know win the game at the end if they if they still don't get that dominant performance from Jalen Hurts so uh, I think you know the the idea is you know handicapping how valuable patch mahomes is in relationship to you know jalen hurts and the rest of the eagles since they do have basically you know every other advantage at every single position outside of quarterback and tight end but uh, i think when you're looking at that like the the public is very much going to gravitate towards things that you know you know we would probably say don't matter as much as the quarterback position
3: um i mean i like i haven't been betting as long as you guys have like at all um and one thing i feel like i have heard from george and and when Eric was still doing the show is like, I feel like the Philly syndicates or whatever syndicates that are like Philly fans, like they'll lay large amounts of money, like on Saturday or Sunday before like the, the Eagles game. So maybe that's the case here. Again, I don't really know like how, like how things work during the Super Bowl week. Cause obviously you have two weeks to bet the game and, you know, maybe money comes in late from them like it does every week. But um, that, that would be like my theory on, on why like the line hasn't really moved since um, that one and a half
1: yeah i also you know i think um uh ben and brad you were sort of hinting at it like i kind of teed this up to sort of say like none of these big bets really matter <laughs> so like there's plenty of people out there with a lot of money who have no idea what they're doing with it who decide it's a super bowl i'm gonna go place a big bet just because you have a lot of money right like i think owners in in like professional sports are a good example of this just because you made a lot of money doing thing over here and then you come over and you spend your money over here does not make you smart at the thing over here right like you see this all over the place um and so just because it's you know the super bowl i think is a very interesting kind of experiment with with humankind right because you just get such a massive amount of people in the united states who who are betting on this game and you know it's a very interesting kind of look into the the american psyche but just because these people with lots of money are placing these bets does not mean they have any clue what they're doing, because it's the Super Bowl, and I would actually say that you know most people that have a clue what they are doing in the Super Bowl are not betting the spread, right? There are so many Brad to your point, like there are so many other ways, and yeah, the limits are going to be a lot lower, but because there are so many other ways to bet this game, you can get more cash down, um, and if you're going to find inefficiency. It's going to be in those other markets, right? It's going to be props. It's going to be those head-to-heads. Um, that they should—they should just take, you know, hundred k uh, sides on the national anthem. They'll never do that because they're scared <laughs> of it. But um,
2: Look, real quick, of the, one perfect example, Joe, fast. just to go off of that, like one perfect example. It's not even the more exotic stuff. You mentioned it if you want to bet Chiefs' money line or you did earlier in the week, you should have just bet Patrick Mahomes' MVP, right? Like, like that's just one kind of mm-hmm. high-level example um, of, of, like, yeah, and I think sm- – I'm blanking on who it is, but one of my favorite followers on Twitter, he said, I haven't bet the spread in the Super Bowl in a very long time. Like, I there's so many other ways to win money on this game. So, yeah. Especially
1: when it's one and a half, right? Like, what are you doing? You're sitting there – you got one and a half and you're like, ah, oh, shoot, man. I hope they help, you know, <laughs> the, the, the chiefs only lose by a point, you know, it's like, that's no fun. Um, but one, one angle that I was thinking about that um, and I'm excited. We'll talk to Judah you know, later this week about some of the live, the live angles here, but I do think people consider the game from the beginning. Right. And they think about all of the advantages the Eagles have uh, from a health perspective, upfront, you know, especially at the edges with Hassan Reddick and Josh Sweat. But if it gets to a close game in the fourth quarter, right? So if the Eagles run away with it, then they're they're running away with it, right? That's happening early in the game. If you fast forward to the fourth quarter and it's within a score, like where, you know, where do the odds now shift, right? Um, What are the chances that if it's a close game, Jalen Hurts is playing really well, like, Maybe in a normal situation, they're moderate. In this situation, I'm not sure they are because you could see the Eagles getting out to an early lead, them not being able to kind of hold on to it. Patrick Mahomes doing what he does, bringing back. Now it's a close game in the fourth quarter. In my perspective, like I'm waiting for that to happen personally because I'm not sure it'll be baked in. I have infinitely more... Uh, confidence in the homes than I do hurts on any normal day. And in this day in, in particular, so that was just one of the angles I was kind of thinking about, like, I'm not going to bet the spread pre pre flop, but um, as the game goes on, you know, kind of monitoring that any uh, thoughts around kind of either that angle or something similar.
2: Yeah, George, so that, that made me think of something. And obviously a live market might be the best way to go about that, but, I uh, was having a conversation with Beck QL this morning. And we were talking. There's there's a prop for specifically just are there going to be more points in the first or second half overall? But also, uh, mm-hmm. what I like is the Eagles. They are plus 110 to score more points in the first half. I think again, if you like the Eagles in this game, we know they're you know one of the best scripted play teams in the NFL. Out of the in the second quarter king, they the most you know. And then if they have a lead in this game they're going to just try to run the ball a ton and just sit on this thing in the second half. So it's only plus plus one ten, but again, kind of a creative way to get a little bit of value. If you like the Eagles in this game, odds are if they're going to win, they're going to score a lot in the first half um, and then just be able to hold on.
0: Yeah. That's, that, that's very much, I think like the popular narrative. I do think like specifically when you're looking at matchups, I know, you know, uh, you know, George touched on a little bit on like the Eagles edge play, but I also think, in arriving at that scenario of the Eagles potentially like playing from ahead. Like I know, you know, we obviously don't think rushing the football matters like a whole lot, but I do think if the, if the Eagles are very much capable of like establishing their will, especially in the edge positions, you know, with guys like Lane Johnson, you know, kind of dominating like Frank Clark, George Kolovkis. Like if that happens uh, on early down specifically, and in the scripted past uh, scripted play set, like, that's going to be the spot where you're very much like, okay, the Eagles, Unless Patrick Mahomes has some brilliant comeback, you know, are very much going to run away with it. So I do think, you know, the initial approach to how the Chiefs are going to play defensively and if they are going to try and force Jalen Hurst to beat them, you know, is very much, I would say, kind of like the in-game angle that, you know, I'm going to be watching and then very much choosing like what side of what side of this do you actually want to end up on? I'd say. And I do think it's very much like Eagles alt spread at that point, you know, or, or the Chiefs money line at like a
3: plus price, I would say.
1: All right, let's uh, let's get into our favorite angles. Um, I was just looking at uh, at MVP. There are a couple that I like, so I was I was checking out what, what it was. Let me just say this. So Mahomes at MVP is plus 130. Hertz is also plus 130. Now you can't bet the no here, but like I, I don't know that that I agree with this. And I'm gonna I have a take on, on kind of the, the eagles here in a second. Travis Kelsey is sixteen to one. Just out of curiosity, like what has to happen for Travis Kelsey to win MVP over Patrick Mahomes?
2: I would say, like Mahomes, how many passing touchdowns he has, all of them, or maybe all n minus one is thrown to Travis Kelsey at the at the
1: outset. Does, does, does nine for 180,
0: Kelsey, basically? Yeah, basically. I
1: mean, does does Kelsey have to like play quarterback for half the game? Like, I just don't. I, I don't know. I maybe I'm maybe I'm uh, maybe I'm high here. But uh, I mean okay, if, let's, if let's Kelsey's the our... only
0: if Kelsey's the only one though, like that that in some ways could potentially happen, right? Like if he's the only one that's actually winning this matchup and the, and the rest of the Eagles defense is holding steady, like I do think a nine for one eighty game could get Kelsey there. At the end. That's, that's here's relevant.
2: So last Super Bowl, Cooper Cup had eight catches, ninety-two yards, two touchdowns, but I also think there was a narrative built in that last drive, he had like four catches for 40 yards and a touchdown. Mm. And then Four Super Bowls ago, Julian Edelman, 10 catches, 141 yards, no touchdowns. So the, the numbers are there for Kelsey are, are I would, you know, better performances than both of the last two times a pass catcher won that award.
1: Yeah, I just think Mahomes on an ankle with all like, I don't know. Anyways, uh, Arjun, let's go to you first. Um, we'll kind of go around the, the horn here with our favorite angles. Um, Arjun, why don't you kick us off?
3: yeah, so um leading into this episode, I, I was I have placed some like novelty props that I think could be worth talking about. One of my favorite ones is uh, first team to call a timeout. And we are going with the Kansas City Chiefs here. I think it was like minus one fifteen. I'm I got it on BetOnline. online. Um, I'm, maybe it's on some of the legal legal books, but I would play this up to like minus one thirty five. and it's pretty simple. the The chiefs are called the first timeout in 15 of their 19 games this season the eagles are only at seven of their 19 games we know how good of a game manager nick or of a coach nick sirianni is in the game management department andy reid while i think two weeks will do him wonders in the game preparation standpoint i don't think you know that kind of helps you in the game management standpoint and we could see like a, a just a privilege andy reid timeout in the on the first drive of the game as they enter the red zone on on third and two, or or fourth down, as he he struggles to uh, make a decision on fourth down. So I I really like the first timeout prop, um, and I can give another one unless we want to go looking like around the horn and talk talk about a different one.
1: I like that. Um, let's uh, let's uh, keep going around the horn though. Um, the novelty props are the best, by the way. If you have not, this is your first time betting on the Super Bowl, just go spend like two hours going through all the props i mean they have some if one day we'll get these for every single game like um i remember a couple years ago uh there was um one of our favorite bets uh was uh, i think it was over under number of sacks in the game actually that was last year um with uh with burrow and the Bengals and and the rams um those things are just fantastic to uh to play all right ben let's go to you next
0: Yes, I do think, you know, outside of the rushing ability for the Eagles, I do very much like the angle of Dallas Goddard kind of being the focal point of their passing offense. So I do like him, um, you know, specifically from, you know, uh, you know, an alt number perspective, I do think him 70 plus receiving yards. You know, given the Jarius Sneed is going to be in the fold and very much going to be, you know, playing the slot receiver, I do think they scheme, uh, got aired around enough to the point where he is going to probably see the majority of the target share. I do think he's probably going to sit right around the twenty-five to thirty percent range. If he does seventy plus, eighty plus yards uh, and a touchdown, we have seen the Chiefs. I would say, you know, I I think we have them rated a little bit higher than perspective from a coverage. I do think they're fourth basically, um, from PFF's coverage grade. They dropped to sixteenth. Uh, when covering tight ends, uh, I, I just think that's going to be the vulnerable and weak spot for them. And if I, and if you do expect this game, I would say to stay close and maybe go over the total. Uh, I think it's going to be a lot, of, a lot of Goddard, I would say, towards the end of the game, especially. So him, anytime touchdown, 70-plus receiving yards, uh, very much how I think the Eagles are going to attack them offensively.
2: Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, we mentioned this I think before, but the Chiefs were dead last and EPA per play allowed between the numbers. And he's attacks the seams over the middle. That that is his area. Um, so I like that. I'm going to go back to a novelty prop. Um, I mentioned this before the show a little bit, but anyway, uh, there is a you can bet on will the opening kickoff be a touchback or not? And the odds are basically just reflective of the implied odds. So during the regular season, kickers about sixty sixty two to sixty five percent of the time it's a touchback. Um, and the other third is not. Um, And I think it's minus 165 and plus 135, whatever it is. So there's an explanation from Pat McAfee as to why 17 of the last 20 going into last year. So or or 18 of the 20, whatever it was, it's almost every time it is. It is not a touchback because what he was saying is before every game, normal game, the coaches for both sides will massage the ball and wear it down and, and, and try to make it more malleable. But because in the Super Bowl, What they do with the opening kickoff ball is they immediately grab it and just take it to Canton right away. They don't do that because they don't want the ball to be all squished down and whatever. So they want to keep it clean and pristine because it's very, very hard to kick a touchback with with a ball that hasn't been kind of you know massaged a bit. So I think you're getting plus money on something like I said, 18 in the last 21. I'm not trying to use the you know that means it's 18 in the last 22. Um, I just saw that stat out there, but nevertheless. Um, it is you're getting plus money on something that's been historically very much in favor of, um, you know, not being a touchback.
1: Has that moved at all? I feel like enough people watch McAfee's show that you'd think so. He was so, on, but the, that's, I'm, he was I'm on it last year, year right now. too.
0: Yeah. I think it moved quite a bit actually last year, but I haven't <laughs> like, um, cause he actually did say the same thing last year, whatever. And the juice changed quite dramatically, but I haven't, I haven't looked at it, I guess um, close this year. I think looking at just league average and where both kickers are like, it, it seems like touchback is very much the correct side if there's not, like, an outside angle that's working opposite of those numbers, I would say, for sure, which is very much the McAfee angle, I would say. So.
1: What What about just the simple fact that, like, everyone wants to be a hero and, like, opening kickoff of the... Totally.
2: Uh, everyone wants to have the Devin Hester opening kickoff. Yeah. For sure. For sure.
1: Yeah. Especially it's Sky no Moore, who's
2: trying to, like, earn a roster spot out there, you know? It's
1: yeah, what does exciting. he have to lose besides the football? Nothing.
2: <laughs> um what yeah, what do, what do, where do you uh see that? What's the the uh, Draft uh, kings options? you can get plus 135 on no touchback? The no In touchback
1: syndicate is, is
2: what Or right? yeah, that's yes. what,
1: what this is shaping up to be. Okay. Uh I'm gonna go to, to MVP. I actually think you guys made a, a nice point around Kelsey, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna throw shade at Travis Kelsey. But I think there's some interesting ones down the chain here. Okay, you know. If you're going to bet, as you you mentioned, Ben, like if you're going to bet Chiefs, my line, just bet Mahomes plus 130 to win MVP. The, the favorites are not particularly interesting. But a couple of angles that I like here. The first is if the Eagles win this game, I like them winning the game, not because of J- Jalen Hurts. right? I like some other kind of mechanisms by which they win the game. So looking down, um, you, saw, you mentioned Dallas Goddard. I think he's a really interesting one where he could be a guy that just dominates, you know, over the middle of the field and, um, you know, maybe Hertz has a fumble or something like that. He is 60 to one. Um, but I like going even further down. So this is, I think, hilarious. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is 120 to one. Kenneth Gainwell is 130 to one. Kenneth Gainwell is like, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, it, you know, might as well be a, a poster on the sideline at this point. Like just, that's just, he's not getting any run in this game. Kenneth Gainwell, people love Miles Sanders because he scored a couple of times. Uh, Kenneth Gainwell has been, you know, their are better receiving back. Um, has been a really good runner of the football as well. He's an interesting long shot. Uh, but here is my favorite one. This is kind of a novelty, but I mentioned that Jalen Hurts has a bit of a shoulder. Would there be anything more Philly than Jalen Hurts getting injured, Gardner Minshew coming in, and winning the football game? Okay, Gardner Minshew is one fifty to one. To be Super Bowl MVP, it would be the most Philly thing ever. Okay, to win two Super Bowls because backups came in and, and won the Super Bowl. Like Just that. saying, I've, I've seen it happen. Uh, seen it happen before. A um, bit of a novelty one, but um, the, the other one that I think is interesting on the Philly side again because I, I like them winning um, with you know someone uh, other than Hertz winning MVP. You look at Hassan Reddick, huge mismatch against andrew wiley if they win this game it'll be seen as because they're able to beat mahomes and so someone who perhaps gets a sack sack couple sacks sack fumble now the only caveat here is mahomes is really hard to sack right he just does not take sacks um and so for that reason i actually think just having one sack would you know or a really impactful one um could kind of get the job done so uh those are a couple of angles i like on mvp um, I know we're going around the
2: horn, but I just want to re-emphasize because I was going to have that one. So people are going to say, look, it hasn't been a defensive player in a long time. When it is a defensive player, look the last two times. Von Miller against the 15-1 Carolina Panthers in there, very good offensive, mm-hmm. Cam Newton. And then Malcolm Smith, the linebacker for the Seahawks, when they went up against one of the best offenses of all time with the Denver Broncos. Um, and then to the sack point, totally spot on. But... Hassan Riddick also leads the NFL in forced fumbles this year and half of them are when he just gets the swat and the, you know, the quarterback's hand is back. That's right. Um, right. So anyway, I just, I agree with that one. So I want to jump in with it. Thank you. Thank you for the support. Arjun. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. Going, going back to a novelty problem. It's actually like a two-parter. Um, it is going to be chiefs to have the shortest field goal uh, between the chiefs and the Eagles in this game. It's, it's, it's it kind of – it's a weird one, but I have my reasoning. So, first of all, the Chiefs' red zone defense is horrific. Uh, they've allowed a touchdown on 65.6% of – or their defense has allowed a touchdown on 65.6% of opposing drives that have entered the red zone. And as we know, the Eagles are probably the best team, if not the best team, at just converting a red zone trips to touchdowns. The Eagles' defense, on the, on the other hand, ranks 10th in, um, you know, allowing – uh, t- touch uh, red zone trips to be turned into touchdowns, so they do a better job of kind of preventing offenses from scoring touchdowns once they enter the red zone. We also know that Nick Sirianni is probably the most aggressive coach in the NFL, goes by the math, trusts the model, and I think once he enters the red zone and just that low red area, anything fourth and five and shorter is going to be a go for them, and knowing that they play Patrick Mahomes, I'm sure their analytics team has probably told them, like, you need to be more aggressive than you normally are, and, you know, this is a- Andy Reid, like, you know, he's going to kick field goals in, in this situation. He has changed up a little bit, but we saw him kick field goals multiple times against the Bengals in that low red area. So I think when you consider the game management part and just the, um, and how good Philly's been in the red zone, I kind of like them to, to kick. I, li- I like the Chiefs to kick the shortest field goal. And on, on, on the second part, I like a fourth down conversion long longest fourth down to conversion to be over two and a half yards, which I found on DraftKings. which I, I that's like one of my, also one of my favorite pops, just because fourth and three Eagles will go fourth and four Eagles will go. And if the chiefs are playing from behind, they're going to be in fourth downs. I think more often than not, and I give them a good chance to, uh, to convert some of those. I love that.
0: Benjamin. So I, w- one spot that we really liked last year, um, and kind of came through with the modeling was the longest punt basically. And I'm trying to find that where it actually was. I think it was on bet online basically. But I think that the longest punt specifically for the Chiefs over under 57.5 yards, decent juice on the under minus 130, but very much I would say a spot where they're not going to kick at 57.5 yards. I think when we were doing a lot of the work last year for it, like. Very much the range should be probably closer to like the 48 to 52.5 range. So you are getting roughly five yards of value on the longest punt. Obviously Andy Reid is more likely to punt in some of the situations that he's probably shouldn't be doing it more so than Nick Sirianni. So the fact that they do have five yards or yards more than the Eagles does make some sense, but uh, I still think that's pretty much way too high of a uh, a yardage number. I don't think it got anywhere close to that last season. The, The majority or average punts basically all go under this as well. So, under 57.5, longest pump by the Kansas City Chiefs, I think has to be uh, you know, one of the best novelty bets and one of the best opportunities we're going to get from these ulterior markets that we don't normally get in a lot of these football games. Dig it right, deep. I'll, I'll
3: go, I'll...
2: Uh, I'll go to a more normal bet, even though it is still a, a bit of a prop. But going back to the well on something we, we bet on in the Bengals game that played out exactly how we thought it would. And that is Patrick Mahomes' over 25 and a half completions. Or again, I'm not super concerned with, with, with uh, game script as much as a lot of props. They're going to throw the ball under. And also, I think it's a better matchup because the Bengals will play up on you. They get, I think, I mean, look, the Eagles get a ton of pressure, but I think Mahomes is going to get get the ball out very quickly. And the Eagles play a lot of soft and off coverage, a lot of cover three, a lot of cover two, sitting back. Um, I I think that is, again, just a bet where they're going to want to get the ball out of his hands very quickly. Um, And and he'll – anyway, it was 37 completions against the Bengals. It flew over. I think it will – and then if they're down, you know, he might complete 15 passes in the the fourth quarter uh, if they're down in this game.
1: Yeah. We talked about that one, I think, Um, right after the game. Uh, right, right after the AFC um, championship because we we had both completions and attempts. I think for, for Mahomes in that one. Um, all right, where am I at here? Uh, I had a good one, and uh, I can't, I uh, can't. I don't want to get to the the um, the anthem quite yet. Um, the Bill. The build. Yeah, got to Got to really. I went, guys. I watched so many Chris Stapleton music videos like that I, I was over Just, here comparing like chris stapleton saying words to like luke bryan saying words really was was uh was quite a nightmare um all right i don't know where i this is someone else go while well, i'm trying to find where i where i have this next uh so i found it i found it sorry sorry pause this is fantastic uh player to record the reception first mckinnon or kenneth gainwell kenneth gainwell is actually plus 135 yeah um on uh on on FanDuel. Uh, pacheco played a career high passing snaps um in in the game uh, a couple or more than a week ago it's 25 he hadn't played more than like 17 um got a career high number of targets and looked spry i mean he looked great um I would be surprised if they play McKinnon a whole lot in this game. Uh, Pacheco has way more juice. He's catching the ball. Um, so to me, like Pacheco's going to be out there for a little while. And I don't know, Miles San- like there's just something about in this game where I'm not sure this is a Miles Sanders game as much as this is a kind of Gamewell's uh, game. So um, I-, I like Gamewell uh, there to catch uh, the first uh, pass before. Jared McKinnon does. There you go. Arjun, uh, any more from your uh, side?
3: Yeah, um, I have one more that I was looking at, um, and that is the Philadelphia Eagles to record the longest play from scrimmage. It's going to sound weird. You know, normally the Chiefs are kind of this explosive offense, but... I just think the Eagles. The Eagles just play a ton of zone, and it's all cover. It's a lot of quarters. It's a lot of cover six. They want to limit explosive plays. They have the corners to do it. Their pass rush is going to get home more often than not. So Mahomes isn't just going to have the time to sit in the pocket. And while I think he's the best in the league at manufacturing these type of like explosive plays when he's out of the pocket, the, again the Eagles are not just are just not going to give it to him. And I think they have been pretty disciplined with their rushes and like just understanding how teams or quarterbacks scramble um outside of the pocket. So. I think the Eagles, because the Chiefs, you know, will play a lot of cover one, I feel like, or even cover two, which Jalen Hurts can take advantage of. We've seen some of those deep throws across the middle of the field to Devontae Smith and up the seams to Dallas Goddard. And, and I, I gave the stat out um, last Wednesday, but Eagles have the highest rate of perfectly blocked runs of any team in the NFL. Chiefs have the, one of the lowest uh, percentages allowed on defense in, in a bad way. So you could see a lot of runs where, you know, the O-line perfectly blocks a run and Sanders and or Gainwell are able to take some of those holes and, and turn them into like 30 or 40 yard gains. So I, I like the Eagles in that spot. And I think, um, you know, the Chiefs will have to kind of dink and dunk their way down the field.
0: Yeah, I actually, that one jumped, not that one specifically, but what jumped out to me was the longest completion, basically, of Jalen Hurts and Patrick Holmes both being at 37.5 yards. And I was like, for at first, like I, I think the same you know idea like you had, Arjun. I think everyone else had like you know obviously the Chiefs very explosive. Have Patrick Mahomes like what's going on? But that that line just seemed I would say somewhat fishy. And then like looking into it, like you know with with Steve Spagnola for the Chiefs and you know the high cover two. I think like they play cover two at like the third highest rate in football. Mm-hmm. That's been, you know, in, in some ways the only spot that's really held Jalen Hurts in check from a rushing perspective. So I do think we're gonna see a lot, a lot of that. But uh, we have seen him out say be relatively successful against that coverage specifically. So I like it as well. I think it might come through a run, and I do like the angle of kind of pivoting more to you know longest overall yardage play as opposed to focusing in on anything on the passing game so that's definitely what i'm going to be adding as well the one i i don't know if i have another play but i did want to touch on and at least mention i did uh i did suggest don't stop the music as the best opening line but i do think that's like the heavy favorite right now for rihanna uh at like minus 160 on bet and online but i feel like now the play after thinking about it a little bit more like that's got to be the closing the, the closing uh number basically more so than the opening one but it so it kind of surprised me that that was the favorite uh but i think moving away from that uh and making it be the last song as opposed to the first song is a decent bet at plus 200 even though that's the favorite as well uh i do think very much getting that plus money for that opportunity is is the spot i think you got to play some halftime uh some halftime novelty props i would say
1: yeah rihanna's this is a rihanna concert and there's just uh homes and hurts are just lucky to be (laughs) Be a part of this. What what I, I've been looking for this over the past um, couple of hours and have been not able to find it. What are the first song odds for? Um... So
0: this is Bet Online AG basically. So they have uh, Rihanna's first song, sing on stage. You know, is the is the category? Don't stop the music minus one sixty. This is what you came for, plus 400, which I think is sneaky there. Yeah. Uh, diamonds, yep. plus 550. Umbrella, plus 1,000. Where have you been, plus 1,400. 14 to 1. Stay, 14 to 1. What's my name, 20 to 1. And then kind of a conglomeration of ones between 20 and twenty and 40 to 1 that I probably have no chance whatsoever, I would say. So hmm. I don't know. What's I don't run this a... town. Run this town is not listed from what I'm seeing, basically. It hmm. must get no Jay-Z love or whatever, huh? Yeah, no. Yeah, I, uh,
3: I
1: I was thinking, I was talking about this with some friends this weekend, and I was making the point, I was like, you know, there's no way Jay-Z's coming out to be a side piece. And then I was like, right. it is Rihanna though. Like he kind of takes pride in Rihanna, like, you know, Discovery. You spin it, yeah. And um I think he has a ton of respect for her as like a a businesswoman as well. So I could see there being, you know, Beyonce just got a lot of love. She won like Grammy number 500. Maybe he wants to, you know, go out there and, uh, and, and, and like, it would be with Rihanna. So I don't know. I'm just not run. This town has an awesome open where it would just like make sense for that to be the first song, get everyone pumped up. And, um, I don't know. That was one that that came to mind, but I agree with you. I I like that. I like that. I was wherever that second favorite one was Um, makes sense to me.
2: I think diamonds and stay have some interesting value there. Um, I have one more real bet before we get into the really off the rails here. So uh, you mentioned it earlier, George, we're talking about, look, yes, I get the Eagles have the most sacks or top five of all time, yada, yada, yada. Sacks are very much so controlled by quarterbacks, as we know. Patrick Mahomes is phenomenal at not letting pressures convert into sacks. Yes, he got sacked three times by the Bengals in their very last game. But before that, he had not been sacked three times since week nine. So there's a stretch of 10 games where he had not been sacked three times. And you can get Eagles under 2.5 sacks at plus 115. So I get they have a great pass rush unit. I get Mahomes is not... You know, hundred percent, I get it just happened in the ASC championship game, but it was 10 weeks in a row where he had not gone over that number uh, prior to that game. And uh, the plus money aspect is what I like a lot about it.
1: Yeah, I like that one too. Um, I think that's a, that's an opportunity to, you know, see, um, uh, uh, sorry, an opportunity where the number that the books are setting is influenced by what is seen as analysis, right? Which is the offense, uh, offensive line versus the pass rush. And, you know, one of the things that we've studied is that, you know, the the average time to throw, right, the thing that the quarterback actually uh, is controlling more so than anything else, um, has the bigger impact on um, uh, on sacks. And so it really comes down to it being more of a quarterback stat than anything else. So you can kind of use that to your advantage here. Um, okay, um, let's get into uh, the really, really big novelty ones. Does anyone have anything before we get to the national end?
2: I think it's time okay
1: <laughs> um. so uh chris stapleton chris stapleton you cannot find him singing the national anthem anywhere i have tried if you have found it please dm me let me know you are a, a better researcher than i am you'll um, get a free
0: printing press hat if
1: you get a, you'll get us. multiple yes. okay <laughs> um, you'll get multiple if you can uh, if you can find one so here's the thing country singer um, have there been country singers that have sung this in the past? Yes. Uh, last male to do it. Luke Bryan came in at just over 2.3, uh, uh, two minutes and three seconds at 2.04. The time right now um, is two minutes and five seconds. It opened, I want to say at like one fifty nine, and it shot up to 2.09. The thought process here is that Chris Stapleton is a country singer with a Southern drawl. He's going to carry out some of those notes. Luke Bryan carries out some notes in that national anthem. It isn't great. Okay. I like Luke Bryan. It's not like a Luke, Luke Bryan hate, uh, you know, segment here on the podcast. But I'm guessing that Chris Stapleton is aware that Luke Bryan sang it. There's not a lot of country singers that sing it. I'm not sure that he's going to want to drag out anything super long. I think he'll sing it kind of true to what he, what he does, but I don't think that's going to be some really long ballad kind of situation. Now I did compare some of the speed at which Luke Bryan and Chris Stapleton sing. That to me wasn't particularly conclusive. It was a little tough Tennessee whiskey, a popular song. And I think that Tennessee whiskey being a popular song that is sung in kind of a slow, melodic way is going to lead people to think the over is <laughs> happening. So I say this to say, if you can get 205, I might I might wait a day or so, see if it creeps up a little bit. Um, I'm going to take the under on 205. Um, I don't think it's longer than Luke Bryan. If you listen to the Luke Bryan National Anthem, like, as I said... I think if he had it back, he wouldn't drag those notes out quite as much um, because it just it wasn't, it wasn't great. So I don't think Chris Stapleton does. Going under. Now, there are, if you look around some books, like there's a lot of disparity, right? Some places haven't moved it nearly as much. So you may want to take the middle if you can grab it. That's a pretty big chunk at six seconds. Um, just to look at some of the ones recently. So Mickey Guyton went in 152. That sailed over 137 which was her uh, over under if you remember the great uh, national anthem syndicate win of 2021 where jasmine sullivan and eric church did it together as heard on this podcast the over was a stone cold lock of the century because they mispriced it for two people They thought it was going to be one bunch of idiots uh it soared over 216 that is the longest national anthem uh in history uh actually no sorry since uh, Nicole, N- natalie cole sang it in 1994 um but very very long demi lovato 149 gladys knight 149 pink 153 and 2017 luke bryan at 204. for reference lady gaga who can actually really sing she can carry out a note came in at 209. so that is my national anthem research i will continue to, to pound the pavement I will continue to have my my ear to the ground, um, and if anyone this has something to George. add, <laughs> yeah, exactly, it's perfect. So,
2: <laughs>
1: anyone has anything to add, please let I mean, me know. Okay.
0: After hearing that analysis, I do I did come across another bet on on Bet Online U.S. Nash, national Anthem length of word "brave" over under five seconds. Under five seconds is at plus one fifty. I feel like. With your notes synopsis, basically, uh, and reading between the tea leaves, like that might be uh, Man, a lot going under five seconds as well. I don't know. That's, I need, uh, now
2: was I that, need to... that was the greatest breakdown of all time.
1: <laughs> now I need to listen to the Luke Bryan brave again because, it, right. like I need you to time, time that out, see what it is. And now I'm going to be listening to Chris Stapleton and how long he carries. I'm, I'm going to find a word brave in his <laughs> discography and I'm going to, uh, to measure it um, he
2: strikes me as a hold on free and then hit brave pretty briefly right, right like free right. is his long note and then he just kind of hits brave as like a you know you know get get right to it kinda, like you know, knock call. it out and get it over with
1: because yeah. brave yeah free would make more sense to me as a, a known you know uh historian of vocals um would make <laughs> right. more sense
2: to me uh for him to carry yeah, out as, yeah. as a country yeah, check out. <laughs> So it's all about. So it's all about baby. <laughs> <laughs> no one can follow.
0: We're all just like hey, I got hey, nothing. Right. I, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm betting the unders right now is what I'm doing. I, I know I'm, I'm shopping else, basically. So.
1: Um, it, by the way, it does always get leaked. Um, I think it was uh, was it last year that uh, Warren Warren Sharp, um, who uh was able to to get um the recording when it was rehearsed. That was in L.A. Um, it was a little fishy because he, he was working as a, um, doing some content for NBC at the time. Um, and so I, I don't know if there's if there's someone maybe you're, you're looking to follow someone that uh, works for, uh, for Fox this year and see if you can get some. <laughs> some I know insight. the other
2: angle, if we're really going to dive into it, the other angle, which may or may not have worked in my favor in years past, probably about a decade ago now, is. If you happen to have friends that are in the armed services, first, thank them for their service. Second of all, ask if they know anyone who is performing or on the field for any component of the game related to the military service. And say, hey, while you're out there, maybe pull your phone out and press record when they start singing and press stop when they stop singing. Like I said, I may or may not have been able to utilize that in the past. You know, just a thought, just a thought.
1: Our troops just continue to win. That's, that's the moral <laughs> that's of the story. Um, that was our podcast. We will be back <laughs> with you later this week. Thanks for hanging out.